0: Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self Made is a Myth show, Making a Difference Together, where we're talking with successful business owners to hear their stories of the journey to building their business. And because we know that success in business doesn't happen on our own, we're taking some time out to recognize and appreciate the folks who have helped us along the journey. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today, Uh, My guest is a duck hunter and has taken his two older children to Saskatchewan to hunt. So uh, being a Canadian, I definitely want to hear more about this story. Uh, He has uh, many hobbies like uh, coaching and golf and basketball and reading and photography and hiking. So we'll learn a little bit more about that. And he's most proud of his, uh, his children. Uh, which is uh, awesome to hear. They're turning into some amazing people. And uh, secondly, his business, which uh, as it's grown, uh, has been able to maintain an amazing culture. And again, we'll we'll dig into that a little bit here. It's my pleasure to welcome Jason to the show today. Hello, Jason. Hello, Tim. Thank you so much. Uh, Happy to be here and uh, appreciate that warm introduction. Well, let's jump in and have you introduce yourself tell us uh, a little bit of your personal story where you were born where you live about your family and and things like that
1: sure happy to do so uh from Bay City Michigan uh so God's countries I like to refer it Michigan in general um it really kind of blue collar background uh my father worked at GM uh my mom, mother worked a little bit uh, on the side but stayed at home and raised the kids uh, ended up going to college at rose Holman uh, down here in Indiana, um, played basketball there, and had a great experience, uh, made some great friends. Um, after Rose, worked at Caterpillar for a bit, really a couple things there. Uh, figured out what I didn't want to do uh, and really had the best boss and worst boss of my career until now um, and learned a lot about leadership and, and really got impassioned uh, by that. Uh, As noted, uh, I have four kids, uh, three of them are in college, so really young adults, Uh, and then we have an 11-year-old, which is a little bit of a surprise, but it's been a a blessing uh, to do it all over again, and very proud of them, and and perhaps, um, you know, the largest impact I can have in the world is is really through them and and raising uh, wonderful young adults.
0: Fantastic. And uh, you've had a list a whole bunch of hobbies, but let's talk about uh, duck hunting in Saskatchewan. How did you uh, fall into that?
1: Yeah, so some of my fondest memories uh, growing up, and I've only did it for a couple of years, but was hunting with my father uh, and a friend of his, uh, Herb Woods. And uh, I got back into it. So I was a caterpillar and I should have hunted there. I don't know why I didn't. Um, when I moved back uh, to Indiana and worked at Lily for a bit, uh, 13 years, I got back into duck hunting and it's. a passion of mine being outside being out in nature and uh of the four kids the two oldest ones uh, had taken an interest in it and so we've done some hunting uh there's a trip that my brother-in-law started uh, out in north dakota for about 10 years and in saskatchewan uh now for more than 10 years and it's just phenomenal uh the country the people uh the sense of community i mean we go out there to to shoot birds and you know bring them home and eat them and and all that but the stories we tell are rarely about hunting. It's about the people <laughs> we meet and sitting around the dinner table and sharing a drink or a meal. And, uh, it's, it's just a phenomenal experience. Uh, and to be able to share that, uh, so one time I had you know, both my child uh, older children, as well as uh, my brother-in-law and his son and, and some other relatives of his. And then I've also had just happened to work out where a single trip with uh, my son, as well as a single trip with, uh, with my oldest daughter, uh, just the two of us. And it, it's a special, special time.
0: That's awesome. So, um, Given uh you spend so a lot of time with your family, I bet you there's some funny stories that they like to tell you about you. Is there one that you'd be willing to share with us today?
1: Oh, story for the kids. I don't, uh, there's plenty. I don't know if I can think of one right now. Uh, <laughs> my son did immortalize me on a cheese it box. Um, <laughs> that was a Christmas gift. We were out. Uh, so I guess this was a year ago. We did a little bit of uh college campus tours with Lindsay and we were done in North Carolina uh and we were out, running the pontoon boat we were out on the lake and my daughters were being a little Instagrammy which isn't really them um and so I don't know I guess I was making fun of them I held a cheese it out and, and they took a photo and uh, apparently at that moment Grant said "That's going on a box and that's what I got for Christmas <laughs> awesome. I, I can get it for you if you want to see it it's, it's
0: yeah. <laughs> we definitely yeah need to maybe, maybe later yeah. You need to share that out with the community. So, uh, Jason, tell us how the business came about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's almost a two-part story. You know, the first part, and, you know, people sometimes hate when I share share it this way, but I sort of backed into it. Uh, at the time, I was at EuronCore it was the niche uh, consulting company. Uh, I was an executive on loan at, back at Lilly in all honesty, um, and working with some of those, uh, my old colleagues there. Um, and I really was doing less and less work fo- uh, focused on your encore. And I was reporting to the CEO, Brad Lawson, who's a wonderful individual. Um, and at one point he said, if, you know, this isn't really our core business and what you're doing, if you want to take it out on your own, you know, it's a possibility. So I took him out to breakfast and, um, I said, Brad, you know, if you kind of put the CEO hat to the side and just you know, as a friend, a mentor, uh, a coach, you know, walk me through kind of the pros and cons and what it would look like to take it out on my own versus to keep it under your encore. And and uh, to his credit, I mean, he really walked through openly, uh, transparently around, you know, the thinking, the thought process behind it. Um, and then I had uh, another meeting uh, probably a month or two later, and I I, I can close my eyes and picture all of it. I'm in his (laughs) office, we're on a circle uh, in Indianapolis, I can picture the sun streaming kind of through the blinds. And I'm talking to him. And, and I'm I'm pretty sure I want to take this out on my own and and start my own company and be a single shingle at first and grow it from there. In three separate times, three separate times, he says, but Jason, you know, you can do whatever you want. But you know, the safe thing to do is to stay right here within your encore. And he's saying the safe thing to do Tim, I'm fighting visceral convulsions and I don't know know where they're coming from. Um, And so I call my brother up and I was like, John, I, you know, I think I'm unemployable. And he starts talking me off the ledge like, no, I could get a job. I don't think I want to do it for someone else. Yeah, I think I want to take it out. I want to build it, create it. I want to do it myself. Uh, I want to build culture. I want to do it differently than what I've experienced uh, amidst
0: corporate culture. Um, And so that's that's what we've done. That's awesome. So tell us more about the company. What do you guys do? How do you help folks? Yeah, we're a niche
1: management advisory company. We we manage large programs in the life science industry, um, anywhere from clinical trials to healthcare informatics uh, to facilities, capital planning, uh, a little bit of change management. We've done some um, transformative uh, quality management uh, projects um, across the industry. We're kind of a, a project program management shop. Um, we are as passionate about the outcomes and you know, the opportunities that our clients have. Uh, we've got great depth and expertise, and, and that's what we do. We've, uh, we've been able to help establish and grow a nonprofit uh, from really startup to being fully self-sustainable, greater than ten million dollars revenues a, a year. Uh, we've established most of those processes. Um, and you know, one of the biggest compliments an old uh, colleague of mine from Lilly said, you know, Jason, before Pintel got involved, you know we just talked, right? It was an idea and you guys moved it to action and moved it to delivery. Um, we've helped uh, some rescue clinical trials in the COVID space. We've enabled um, some of our clients to get uh, tens of millions of dollars in NIH um, grants uh, through our ability to deliver and establish credibility within their organization. It's It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. We're small, but mighty.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So Jason, tell us a story where uh, someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it. Maybe even when you didn't think you could and the impact that that person had on you? Yeah, I
1: don't know if I got a great story there, but I will share. Uh, so I met with uh, my financial uh, advisor uh, and the two of them and we were talking and uh, apparently, I have not shared with them yet that I went out on my own. Um, and this, this had already happened. So uh, <laughs> they picked themselves off the floor. Uh, we were at uh, uh, Bob Evans and that was a little embarrassing, but once they got off the floor, kind of dusted themselves off, there was an awkward silence. Um, and finally, you know, Dan Burnett uh, looked me in the eye and said, smiled and said, you know what, I rarely have met a person that has regretted betting on themselves. Mm. Again, he said, I rarely have met a person that has regretted betting on themselves. Wow. That has stuck with me. I've shared that certainly with other people who have been in similar situations in moving forward. And yeah, so that's been a, kind of a motivating factor in, in uh, yeah. something to live by as, as we go forward.
0: I love that thinking and it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, you realize that, you know, you, you just don't want to work for someone else and the, the ability to, to, to have more say and control and, and uh, you know, hands on uh, in terms of the outcome when you work for yourself is, is significantly greater and, and you can pivot faster and you can you know make different decisions. And so I, I like that, that term of, never regretted betting on themselves. That's amazing. (laughs) It really is. And I, I shouldn't say these next couple of comments, but uh,
1: you know, in in some ways I feel like corporate America has no soul in one of the worst lines that I've heard. And I've heard it repeatedly, um, especially in the midst of layoffs in the midst of, you know, some change or uh, catastrophic change, right. It's just business. Mm. I can't tell you how many times it's just business. You know what? It's not. Yeah. And I've been a part of lots of le- a number of layoffs. I've, uh, some I'd probably continue to do again if I had to do it all over again. Others, you know, maybe not. But it is more than business. Mm. I mean, it's people, it's livelihood. Yeah. You know, I've got a number of folks that, you know, they trust me and Pintail Solutions uh, to keep them gainfully employed and to raise a family and to have a living and a sense of purpose in life. And it's much more than business. And that's that's a line that I, has always irritated me in, in, uh, we're not perfect and we've not gone through any layoffs at pintail and maybe we will someday, but, um, but we know that it's, it's certainly more than business and that's how we uh, treat and approach um, our employees as well as our clients and in, in what we do.
0: Yeah. There, there's definitely a difference between, at least in my experience, between family owned companies or private owned companies and public owned companies, right? The, the public owned companies seem to have the, the culture in a book, or it's it's printed on the wall and that's as, as far as it goes, right? Versus, you know, private companies, the culture seems to be more, you know, yes, it's printed somewhere, but it's actually lived out and reinforced and modeled on a, on a day-to-day basis. And and there's a big focus on it. And I know you mentioned that, uh, that. That's one of the things you're most proud of is, is your company culture. And it, it sounds like, you know, you, that you guys are Actively living it out day to day, as opposed to it just be printed on a shirt or in a binder. Absolutely,
1: you're absolutely correct.
0: So, what makes that difference? How do you? What? Why is that so important to you?
1: Well, I think it makes all the difference.
0: Um, I
1: don't know exactly what makes that difference, and we're honestly trying to tease that out a little bit. Uh, while we're a small company, we're a remote company. Uh, we've got folks in multiple states, and, and always have. Um, I'll tell a quick story. I was meeting with another business owner uh, locally here in uh, Indianapolis. Um, and we we're talking first time I met her in, in Zoom call or whatever. And, you know, she's like, oh, we're a small giant. I like, OK. And you know, we kept talking. And she said, oh, we're a small giant. It's like, OK. And we kept talking. And the third time she said, we're a small giant. I was like, I better Google this on the side while I'm talking to her. <laughs> it's a book You probably know already. Um, since then, I've read the book. Uh, but one of the things that really struck me with the book is just a sense of community and so you know we we talk a lot about community and how to build community when we're remote and i've got you know one person in atlanta one person in maine um we've had people in vermont and new york i've got people in florida and so how do you build that sense of community um and, and it's hard and i don't know what we have it figured out but uh but we're certainly doing some things right yeah when i started the company you know i spent a lot of time thinking through um the clients and what we wanna do and how we wanna serve them and, and you know meet their needs and exceed their needs. Uh, I thought a lot about uh, employees and, and how we wanna treat them and recognizing that right they're the ones that are out on the front lines, working with the clients and, and delivering on their behalf. Uh, there's a third space um, that I probably didn't think about. And and it's, and it's sort of the company culture in the background. As we talked to some of our folks, and I've had a few people um, bring me to tears you know they they work hard they work as hard as they did when you know they were at the cro's and the pharma companies and biotechs and clinical trial sites that they've worked at um but they say things like i got my life back hmm. and they literally say i got my life back uh, my my spouse notices it my kids notice it um because i feel trusted respected uh i can act autonomously i in you know that was a space that i I probably overlooked a little bit, but we've created something there. Um, we're focused on scaling up now and, and further diversifying, you know, kind of our client base. Um, but, you know, I lie awake at night often thinking about how do we maintain that culture mm. as we get bigger, as we grow, as we uh, expand in um, it's, it's it's in the forefront of, of everything we do and, and hopefully we uh, continue to maintain that.
0: That's awesome. Uh, one of the things that we do to to help maintain it is, in our Monday huddles, I'll read out one of our points of culture and then mm-hmm. and then I'll start and I'll say how where I feel like I'm doing well in areas that I need to improve. And then uh, and then my team, we just go around the circle and everybody does the same thing and find that that's a way to keep it real as opposed to right it just be in this this list of things that is printed on the wall that we, you know, we hold each other accountable to it. And we, we speak out loud about, you know, how we're doing against our culture so that we can, you know, sharpen the saw and keep, keep our, keep each of us, you know, accountable to, to being real and, and focusing on that on a week to week basis. Uh,
1: Tim, I love it. I appreciate you sharing that. We have a
0: couple of uh, business
1: meetings a week. Uh, one is, is pretty business oriented, uh, consistent with, um, uh, EOS, uh, the book traction, entrepreneurs operating system, et cetera. The other one is a bit more kind of team focused. it's a little softer. Uh, but you know we've got you know one or two or three people kind of on their own islands, right? And they're dealing with their own client um, and have very little awareness around what our other teams are doing across you know, with other clients. Uh, and so again, as we're trying to build that connection, that community, we want you know whether you know you're Valina working with a specific client, I want her to represent not just her own skills and expertise, uh, but you know, the Doug's and Rona's and Megan's and everyone else uh, that we have on the team as well. And so what we do is, um, once a month, we'll have someone really kind of deep dive into who they are both personally, as well as professionally, yeah. uh, and they will write pause on at least one of our values, uh, and spend a little bit of time around, uh, what's really important to them. How do they emulate it? How does it transfer, transfer or translate, uh, for our clients? Uh, but I like the idea of having everyone perhaps every month or every week, um, share more broadly that's great
0: thanks so um what's the biggest learning that you've had as a business owner over the years yeah it's um it's probably a couple
1: uh one is is you know really appreciate um the impact and the value that you're bringing uh and don't be afraid to ask for a fair price uh <laughs> you, you sacrifice margins far too many times but yes. um, we work <laughs> with a lot of nonprofits and uh But but we deliver and we deliver in different ways than other folks. And once we get uh, into an organization, we rarely leave. Mm -hmm. Um, They recognize the difference when that project ends. They find another project to keep our folks on. Um, And it's really, really a beautiful thing. Uh, That and the one that for sure is not solved yet is really the difference between working in the business and working on the business. Um, and how do you balance and how do you scale in those two things uh, is a, just an ongoing challenge. I think it's the traditional sort of entrepreneur's dilemma. Yes,
0: but, uh, <laughs> yes. There's no new information for you there, but yes, that's what we're, <laughs> we're
1: working
0: with. I I love that uh, entrepreneurial's dilemma. It's it certainly is. And <laughs> when we first start uh, working with clients, we we ask them to commit to an hour a day and And you know that's an easier you know piece of the elephant to bite off than right than going further than that and um and you know you get the momentum right you you spend an hour a day on the business and you get a bunch of things accomplished and and uh, eventually you can you can scale up from there that's right. Jason, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about one of the challenges that you've faced during the years and and maybe a fellow business owner that came alongside you to help you get through that.
1: Yeah. um, We got really busy and tied into a single client. We grew that client quite a bit. Um, I don't think we got lazy, but we certainly were very focused on that client. And then at some point realized that, We really need to scale. We need to diversify our client base uh, to be a successful company to move forward. Um, I got introduced. I cannot remember where I got introduced to Entrepreneur's Operating System in the book Traction. uh, And I started doing things on my own um, with it and made some progress. Uh, and then really kind of had to hit the reset button and say, you know what, I really need to work with others. I need to connect with some other business owners. So I frankly started really my own small group. Um, I work out of Launch Fishers. Uh, there's a number of other business owners here. There's other people that I know, invited uh, a handful of people. Uh, but really, uh, there were probably two. Um, Andrew Curtis, uh, he owns Fuel VM. Uh, they're a brand and digital marketing development agency. And then uh, Rex Biggs, he owns Rectio. He's more of an accountant. But an accountant with a focus on, you know, business strategy, growth, diversification. Um, and there are others as well, but creating that small group and then re-going through and re-reading traction and then living it out in uh, the people that were in the group were really in all different phases. Um, some, most were probably ahead of uh, where we were at. Some were in sort of full implementation. Some had made progress, but sort of stalled. Uh, and maybe there's another one that was, you know, a little bit behind uh, where Pintail Solutions was at, uh, but really... Partnering with like-minded individuals, you kind of mentioned it already, you know, there's a, a biblical verse of, you know, iron sharpens iron in uh, in really having, um, you know, a, a couple of pieces of iron next to me to help sharpen, <laughs> yeah. hone in and provide perspective and, and uh, expertise has, has been really, really impactful.
0: Fantastic. So, Just continuing that trend, if I asked you to pick three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for being there for you uh, to help with your growth, who are those three people and how they help you?
1: That's yeah, a harder hard question. Um, I'd probably start with Carmel Egan. Carmel is uh, someone I worked with at Lilly. Um, then I left Lilly, and when I came back as uh, an executive on loan for this nonprofit that we were working with, um, really connected with her in a different way. Um, and she's been really instrumental in helping grow the business, uh, recognize the difference of what Pintail does and how we do it, um, and potentially really bring us into some other organizations as well. And it's been really instrumental. And I is a talk out loud here. I I don't know if I've really uh demonstrated that uh, gratefulness and appreciativeness of, of what she's done, uh, but she's been a big help. Well, she's um, going to
0: know now. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh,
1: Doug Wilson is another one. Uh, Doug Wilson was a neighbor of mine, um, uh, now a mentor of mine, someone I probably don't tap into often enough. Uh, he's more connected than I could ever hope or imagine to be has done a number of different things on the business front loves to tie in the science and art and different, uh, aspects to it. Um, and he's helped, uh, challenge me and help me see things differently, probably in more ways than he's even aware of. Um, if I kind of keep going, you know, at some point, I really need to talk about uh, my family, probably my father and brother, you know, uh, most of all, uh, My father was really kind of in middle management in General Motors in a foundry. Um, I don't think he has any idea what I really do and what Pintail Solutions really does. Despite that, he will offer an opinion and the crispness and clarity of his perspective and his opinion is almost always right on. Mm. Um, So uh, the connection to the values, the treating people, I, I mean, without knowing technically what we really do, um, you know the advice in, that he provides in, in a humble manner—it's um, it, it, always spot on. And I, I'm not exactly sure how he does it, um, <laughs> but he does. I'm certainly grateful for that. Big now, big. I say uh, Audra Miller, Audra is someone I brought in um, as VP of Operations. She's helped push uh, the EOS further within our organization. She's introduced us uh, to some new ways of doing business and, and helped manage that. And she's been uh, she's been a godsend.
0: Fantastic. So, thinking forward, Jason, as uh, you know, think about the next three to five years. What are the biggest challenges that you see that you're going to face, to in, in terms of reaching your goals? And who are the types of people that you're going to need to help you with those challenges?
1: Yeah, probably a couple things come to mind. One is um, we need to do a better job of productizing our services. Mm uh you know we come in we deliver projects uh we do so across a number of fronts um and it sometimes can feel a bit like a staffing agency which really isn't who we are or what we do so being crisper around productizing our services and then scaling those up Mm -hmm. and scaling those up within clients to new clients um, is really really important um as far as who we need to work uh you know talk to engage with and work with really people who've been there and done that and have, you know, greater experience in in, uh, in working through uh, both the productization as well as uh, the scale up. And so, you know, we are seeking, you know, those folks out to partner with and learn from and, and hopefully teach in other ways uh, as well.
0: Fantastic. Jim Rohn said that we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as right. you, as you think about that, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it on their own, who, who think that they, you know, that they have to do it on their own or that they don't need others' help.
1: Yeah, it's easy to think that. Um, the other uh, thought, which is uh, probably not true, is everyone's busy, uh, you know, everyone is busy, but you also often can assume that, well, they don't have time for me or they, they wouldn't want to spend time in this. And very, very rarely have I run into a mentor or someone, even people I don't know, frankly, uh, very well, that haven't been willing uh, to offer up uh, their time, uh, their ideas, their thoughts uh, to move forward. Uh, so starting out, um, find a way to help yourself. It, it can be a book. Uh, it can be a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this guy, uh, oh, Tim Kampsel. He's got a podcast, interviews business owner. <laughs> I make, maybe that'll help. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Looking a little bit, uh, but connect with other leaders, connect with other mentors one-on-one, you know, put yourself out there, introduce yourself. Uh, and then, you know, what we did is, find a small group i end up creating my own but there's other small groups out there again that whole concept of iron sharpens iron um and you go back and you know what i said when i started my small group most of the people that i brought in were already ahead of me as far as implementation of eos and traction and and what that meant um so don't don't worry or don't hesitate about being a small fish in a big pond bring people in that are better than you Um, that have more experience than you or, you know, are just a a bit ahead of you uh, and learn from them.
0: And uh, that's what I would encourage them to do. I, I loved your, your perspective of a book or a video. So, you know, it, it, you're, the five people don't have to be somebody that you physically are interacting with. Right? You can learn a ton of information from a book. And, and as you mentioned, right, you, you guys have implemented EOS from, from the traction book. So there, it doesn't have to be somebody physically that you're interacting with. If you, you know, especially for folks in smaller communities, it, it may be that you you've got to get online and or read a book or watch a video. It, don't allow that to be a barrier from your own personal growth and development. I don't, you know, give yourself permission to become a better version of yourself through the the information that you're you're bringing in. And and I just I love what you did, Jason, in terms of creating your own you know, mentoring group, right? It's like, hey, we're we're here. We're all in the same location. Why don't we learn from one another and and support and encourage one another?
1: Yeah, it's been great. Um, well, you said a lot of the nuggets there. Um, the Jim Rohn quote's phenomenal. Uh, I, I, we've lived by that, both personally and professionally. You know, I've shared that with my children um, and who they're hanging around and what the impact that can have and how important that is. Uh, and if you want to be better, uh, right? but just surround yourself, you know, with better people, um, and, you know, rub off on them, let them rub off on you and, and move forward. Well, you said
0: something else. I forget what it was. Triggered a thought. Apparently, I forgot <laughs> <Yeah>. You, you <laughs> also mentioned that, uh, you know, Oh, you, I'm sorry. I oh, was yeah, gonna come, the book and the
1: podcast is great. Um, uh, but it, there's also something about taking that back and, and engaging with someone, uh, right. individually, whether it's zoom, whether it's face-to-face, uh, individually or small group, but you know, there's, you can learn an awful lot. I mean it's a it's a different world than uh you and when you're you and I where you and I were 20 years ago uh for sure <laughs> all the information that's available online and podcasts and and all that but still to be able to connect and put things in perspective and context um I still think is is really really important but go ahead.
0: No please I I agree like the 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 talking it out loud and saying hey I don't really understand I get the the concept, but I don't understand how to implement it and being able to, you know, bounce those ideas around with other people and and get some feedback. Or to your point earlier, I right, folks who maybe are a couple steps ahead of you, right? Being able to see from the journey that they've been on and 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 you also mentioned that there's this fear of, well, what if the person doesn't have time for me? And what if, right, they're too busy, or what if I'm a, a burden? Well, um, I've had the same experiences as you that nobody has ever said no to me. They might say, hey, not this week, right? Or maybe right, in a right. few weeks, but no one's ever told me no. They wouldn't be willing to to chat and share stories and, and help one another. Um, if you're hungry and you're willing to put in the work
1: and you come prepared to the meeting, and I mean, just some small uh, steps, people open up. And they want to help others, and they and it's, that's been my experience. I, I've heard a few stories from others where you know it maybe didn't work out that way, but those are so rare. People want to help; they want to open up, um, especially if you're in it for the right reasons and you're willing to you know roll up your sleeves and put in a little work yourself. Uh, that, that's never been a problem. I completely agree. Yeah.
0: I think there's a there's a little bit of paying it forward too, where we've we all know that people have helped us, and so it's almost like we're you know we want to make sure that we thank. The person that helped us by <laughs> helping somebody who who reaches out to us and asks for help, right? You know what? That was one of the things I probably missed the most
1: when I was a single shingle and went out on my own seven and a half, almost eight years ago. Um, so I sought that out. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a mentor at our church at St. Louis de Montfort. Uh, I'm a mentor through Edge uh, Program, which is a Christian-based whole life mentoring. So I've got a handful of young men from maybe 22 to 33 oh, cool. um, in working through, you know, first jobs, first wives, that was a joke, first kids, job <laughs> transition, other things, um, and really helping them through, but, you know, paying it back and paying it forward. Um, and you know, I get a lot out of it. And, you know, the, the guys that I have, and maybe the, all the groups are like that, the questions they're asking themselves uh, about legacy and impact and who they want to be at such a young age. I don't, I don't know if I was quite there,
0: uh, when I was their age, but it's, uh, it's
1: inspiring. And I, I certainly get a lot out of it as well.
0: Jason, it sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people who have helped you along, uh, your journey. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them?
1: Not sure. I know what to say. I just simply, sincerely, thank you. Um, thank you for investment in me, pouring into me and the time that you spend, um, we're trying to not only grow our company and do it the right way and, and make an impact for all of our employees, as well as our clients, uh, but pay it forward, uh, with others and through others uh, as well. Um, you know, back to the edge, uh, one of the th- exercises they wanted to do is they wanted to, um, develop a personal mission statement. So I did a little bit of research online. I, you know, I found a tool, it's a little kludgy for being honest, but in 30 minutes, and if you follow the, the directions, it is 30 minutes uh, and kind of go through, you very, very rapidly get to an endpoint. point. Um, and for me, uh, you know, my personal mission statement is um, to make a difference in the world through others. Hmm. And we certainly do that uh, through our clients uh, at Pintail. We do it through our employees. We do it through mentoring the children and raising them uh, to be the human beings that they are. Um, that's meaningful for me. And that's what we're trying to pay forward as best we can. That's awesome.
0: Now, speaking of uh, making a difference and paying forward, uh, I believe that you're going to be dancing or something. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I am. Uh,
1: yes, I am. Uh, I was asked to be a, uh, a celebrity dancer. I've, I've had some friends um, argue of maybe using celebrity a little bit loosely. Um, <laughs> I know for a local charity, um, it is uh, the charity's reason to dance, reason for hope. Uh, it supports children's research uh, through Riley Children's Hospital um, and and if you're in Indianapolis area, and I think even broader than that, you know what the impact Riley's has had on so many families, uh, if not your own. Um, it's a fantastic cause. So, yes, I'm paired up with a professional dancer. Uh, I am learning two dances. Uh, the event is March 17th, uh, but the children's dance is being recorded next Monday. So I have a little bit of work to do to make sure I uh, brought <laughs> that choreography. Um, it's 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 been great fun. Uh, it's been um it's gotten me out of my comfort zone uh, a little bit. Uh, not so much the dancing, but asking for money in mm-hmm. fundraising. And, and what, that is probably more uncomfortable for me than even uh, you know making embarrassing myself on the dance floor. But uh, it, it, like I said, it's a great cause. Uh, so since we have the floor, uh, it's reasontodance.org uh, forward slash celebrities forward slash jason bork if you want to fund uh, support greatly greatly appreciate it Uh, it's a wonderful cause all proceeds uh, go to uh, pediatric research through riley children's Um, the people who started the foundation they pay for all operating expenses they're wonderful individuals uh damon and tamra uh greeley um so yeah i appreciate you bringing that up and uh if folks want to
0: contribute uh be much appreciated Awesome. And we'll make sure to put the link uh, here along with the video so folks can go to that. Now, uh, Jason, will there be videos that we will be able to uh, watch uh, of you dancing? There will. I have put some on, uh, on LinkedIn already and Facebook. All right.
1: Um, so there you have I, it. I, it. I love it. It, it is out there.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we will, again, we'll make sure to put some links uh, along with uh, this interview so people can... Uh, go and check it out and and contribute uh to the cause so i uh, appreciate uh you doing that and and helping to make a, a difference in the world
1: it's another small way to kind of give back is we talk about small giants and talk about community and um it's introduced me to a number of different people and, and again the cause is just phenomenal um and so if we can help uh enable further research uh, for the children and have greater impact uh within our
0: community and beyond um it, it's a wonderful opportunity. Jason, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Tim, pleasure's all mine. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate everything you do uh, with Action Coach. Uh, Thank you so much. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to Self Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and sharing it on your social media. And to join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward and I'll see you all next time. Take care.